Hi everybody, happy Sunday and welcome to the latest episode of the Sunday Soother Advice Cast, a mini podcast that comes out every Sunday where I answer your questions about how to live your life with more meaning, intention, and spirit. I'm Katherine Andrews, your host. I am a writer and editor living in Washington, D.C., and I write the Sunday Soother newsletter, which is a weekly newsletter about practical ways to live more spiritually, how about that, spiritually and meaningfully, spirit, meaning, good stuff, all those things. And today I'm taking a question from a reader on something that I do think can add a ton of spirit and meaning to your life and more and more people are asking and thinking about, and that is meditation. And specifically, why can it be so hard for something that seems like it should be so easy? But before we get into that, some thanks and some asks and some updates, some genuine and heartfelt thanks to everybody who has given me such valuable feedback and um, compliments and just general knowing that they're listening out there. It is, it warms my cold little heart um, and it makes me feel so good to hear all of that. And just thank you so much. Genuinely, I read every comment and every mention, and I really appreciate it. If you're willing to consider it, um, it would be great if you could go to iTunes and leave me a review. From what I understand, that's one of the best ways to help grow an audience for a podcast is a review and a rating and sort of an understanding of how you are taking in the podcast and what it means to you so that other people can consider listening to it if it seems up their alley. So if you have found value in the work I'm doing here, one easy way to support me would be able to leave a rating and review on iTunes. And I think it's pretty easy to do. Um, Second, I want to uh, note that I'm working on sort of the production values of this podcast. You may notice sometimes I have music, sometimes I don't. Sometimes the sound is not as good as other times. Um, It is just me. I'm not working with a production studio or in a studio or anything like that. And I am definitely invested and interested in making it sound better for everybody. So um, continued improvements hopefully to come on that front. And so if you have any knowledge about recording or editing or production, um, sort of as a one woman band, I would love to hear any advice you might have there. And lastly, and what I say every week, if you want your question to be answered on this advice cast... All you got to do, it's really easy to submit anonymously. You just go to tinyletter.com slash Andrews, and that's the link where you can fill out sort of the anonymous question about anything that's on your mind. You also can email me at kathdandrews at gmail.com, um, and you can submit a voicemail to 202-525-6558. Or if you happen to be watching this on Facebook, you can post your question to the Sunday Soother group page or leave it in the questions, um, sorry, in the comments of this video. You can also find all the links necessary at Instagram.com slash Katherine Andrews. You can also join me on Instagram for pictures of my niece and nephews or some Instagram stories where I often talk about the books that I'm reading that are helping me sort of understand how to bring um, more meaning into my life and more spirituality. So I often post about those in my stories and excerpts from those books. So you may find some value on following me on Instagram. Okay, so we are going to move on to the question. Our reader and listener today writes, The one thing I have been thinking about lately is I would like to start a meditation routine, but I just find it super hard to find the time during the day as a working mom. I have so many things I have to get done every day that adding the meditation push notifications to my list was just stressing me out. I wound up deleting the app because it was doing the opposite of what I think meditation is supposed to do, which is to focus and relax. I want to meditate to help me find better focus and more room to be creative and calm. 
I often feel so frazzled and forgetful just rushing from place to place. So that's the, the question and the comment from the reader. And it is a super great question and one that I think will resonate with lots of people out there. And it definitely resonates with me. Um, so I don't think it's any surprise that more and more people are finding and understanding the benefits of meditation today. And a lot of us get intellectually that we maybe should do it or maybe we do want to do it. But we struggle with the starting of it and fitting it into our existing routines. And that is very common. So I have some thoughts on how to address this, which I'm going to break down a little bit later in the podcast. But what I'm not going to do here is talk about the benefits of meditation or why it's good for you or any of that stuff of how it works. That's all out there. You can find it pretty easily. Many of you probably already know it. So I'm not going to spend time here talking about why you should meditate. I'm not here to like preach or proselytize on it. I will do a few other things. I'm going to talk about my own personal history and my own story with meditation and let you have a little bit of insight into my journey there. And then I'm going to take a turn and talk about time and busyness and the language that we use around it and some ways that we can all start to reframe that a little bit to create more spaciousness in our lives. And then I will talk about why I think meditation can, honestly, it can be really, really, really hard to do. I think people are like, oh my gosh, meditation is so easy. I just have to sit on a couch or on a pillow and breathe. But it is so much harder than that for a variety of surprising reasons. So I'll get why into uh, why it can be so difficult. Um, It can sometimes be upsetting or frightening or scary. So I'll talk about that a little bit. And then I also hope to talk about how I can reframe meditation as something expansive and luxurious even, sort of juicy something you can really step into and create some more vastness and expansiveness in your life and how to make it not something that is just, you know, something you got to like pile on your to-do list or pile on your already super full plate. So it sort of feels like an obligation. So as I reread this question, I do think it boils boils down to why can't I start a meditation routine even though I know it's good for me? And I would posit that It is hard to start a meditation routine, especially because you know it's good for you. So I'm going to get into that a little bit too. But first, me and meditation. And I wish this is where I wish I had like some audio production because I would like do wavy lines and wavy music that indicate we are stepping back into the past. But I don't. So just let me tell you, we are stepping back into the past. And we're stepping back nine years to when I was 30 years old. And that is when I started meditating. And uh, it's not like I've been meditating constantly for nine years. It was the very beginning of my journey. I was interested in exploring meditation at that point. Probably I'd read somewhere it was good at me. I knew I had anxiety and maybe it was a way to help that. But I I like could not get started with meditation because I researched it to death because I thought there was a way to do it, like one perfect way. And I didn't really understand how I could get to that one perfect way of doing it because I couldn't find enough useful instructions out there about how to guide me along the path to doing it the way, the one way I thought it must be done. I thought you had to do it right, like quote unquote right. And I was scared to start um, because I just didn't understand the things that I was reading. And somewhere eventually along there, I finally got to the point where I understood you could just close your eyes on a couch and like breathe and maybe count your breaths. And that counted as meditation. So I started doing that. And for a few months, I started doing it very regularly. And I would say I was I was very fulfilled and meditation made a huge difference in my life at that point. I was very calm. I was very focused. I felt um, fulfilled in my life. 
I was like on a really good just path. Everything felt brighter and I slept well. I was focusing better at work. I was less stressed and angry. And then it sort of fell off. I ended up, you know, starting to date somebody. And as things happen with that, you know, your routines get disrupted and it doesn't seem as important anymore. So I basically stopped meditating for a long time. But I've gone on and off back to it over the years. And um, in my on and off relationship with meditation, I'm, I'm in an on phase right now. I expect that journey will sort of continue and evolve and I will probably go into off phases with it. But right now I probably meditate one, two, three times a week, depending. And all I do is is what I just said. I sit on a couch and I close my eyes and I count my breaths. And I probably set a timer for anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes, depending on the day and how much time I have. And I'm, I'm so in an on phase right now that I went to a silent meditation retreat over the summer for five days. And yes, so like for five days, all I did was meditate and eat and walk around and not talk to anybody and look at some trees. I wrote um, a little bit about it. I'll link to that piece in the show notes. So you can say that I I am on the meditation train. And that is where I am in, in my practice of meditation. And it just, you know, it has all the benefits for me that it has for many people, which is I just feel more focused and calm and less anxious, less stressed, less angry, less depressed. And I'm glad you're curious about it and want to do it because honestly, I do, you know, I did say I was not here to proselytize about meditation and I'm not. I'm just sort of trying to help you understand my story and my relationship with it. Um, And honestly, outside of therapy, it's probably the best thing I do for myself in terms of self-care. And for me personally, it has very massive benefits. It just helps ground and center me. So in case that's useful for anybody, that is my story with meditation and where I am right now. And rather than sort of tick off even more benefits, it might help be helpful for me to let you know just how it makes me feel when I do it regularly. And I'm not just talking when I'm doing it. I'm talking outside of my life. Um, not outside of my life, but in my day-to-day life, rather. I sort of feel open and light, spacious. The world seems to have more possibility rather than to be sort of crashing down on me with, with items that I have to catch up on. So I want to talk a little bit now and move into, shift into a different gear and talk about the question that you wrote and sort of the way our society talks about time and the language we all use around it. I do want to say I'm not a working mom. (laughs) You've got like a lot more going on than I do. And I'm not pretending I know anything about what it's like um, to like keep a child alive and also do a job and also keep yourself alive and have a family and a relationship and a household um, and all of the real struggles and burdens that come with it and all the minutiae and logistics and everything it takes to just raise a child in this crazy world of ours that is not very supportive of working mothers, if supportive at all. So I have a very real appreciation for that, um, though I do not have any lived experience of it. So I just want to say that to let all people out there who have very full lives and lots of other obligations know that I take those situations very seriously and how difficult it can be. Um, And that I'm not going forward with any of the following commentary sort of in a simplification or, or condescension about time and your relationship to it and all the things that you have to do. So it's just sort of like my preface. Um, but I do want to reread a few key phrases from from the question that popped out to me. And I think that are very common ways of talking about time. I just find it super hard to find the time. I have so many things I have to get done every day. 
I often feel so frazzled and forgetful just rushing from place to place. So with those phrases, I get a real felt sense and a real picture of how all of that lives in your body and your mind and how totally overwhelming it must be. So the invitation I'm going to offer or reframing, um, I am hoping you can listen to it with an open mind and don't think I totally sound like a jerk, given all you truly have to do in a day to day. And I don't want this to sound like too simple or too uh, not not considerate enough of your situation. But I, I have to say that one thing I have learned from my work and my practice is that changing language around a presenting issue And as a presenting issue, I mean sort of the issue at hand. And I would say the presenting issue you offer here is not feeling enough time in the day or feeling overloaded. So changing the language around that, even though it seems sort of easy and silly and simple, it can actually be genuinely helpful and help our dumb little brains sort of create new pathways and frameworks for what we're working with. So I think before I get more into meditation stuff, what we're working with here is a language around time as a scarcity. Um, And I think today's society does that. We suffer from operating what a lot of people refer to as a scarcity mindset. I'm going to quote from an article on radreads.co that I will link to in the show notes. We're surrounded by scarcity. The day starts with, I didn't sleep enough. Then the rush to get the kids fed and out the door is accompanied by the nagging feeling that his parents were not present enough. Next, to commute, skimming articles on our phones and listening to podcasts at double speed. There's too much to learn and not enough time. A coworker gets that coveted promotion, implying there's not enough opportunity. Therefore, the new addition to the house will have to wait another year because obviously there's never enough house. And as bedtime approaches, it's a race towards inbox zero. And what's the last thought before your head hits the pillow? I didn't do enough. So that's a little bit exaggerated, maybe a little bit silly, but I think it probably lands with a lot of you out there. So how do we start to move from that scarcity mindset into a mode where we feel we're operating with more spaciousness, more expansiveness, more abundance? And like I said, I think it starts with the very words we use around time. And the more we tell people we don't have time, the more we believe it until we're basically living in a constant state of time scarcity. So one simple way to start reframing this or working on your relationship to time and our relationship to time as a society is to, um, instead of saying, I don't have time or there's not enough time, use the vocabulary, it's not a priority. And I invite you to try to trust me in this reframing because, again, (laughs) I think I'm feeling a little preemptively anxious about how this will be taken, but it, it does sound infantile or condescending, but... Try saying out loud right now, meditating is not a priority for me because that's what you're saying right now. And that is totally fine. And what you can do next is say out loud the things that are a priority for you and be specific. For example, I may say out loud, recording my podcast is a priority for me because it truly is. I've, <laughs> this is, it's like Saturday night at 9 p.m. Uh, I've had this coaching certification class all week and work. And I've, I almost forgot to do it, frankly, but it it is a priority for me. And so I found the time in my schedule to do it because I'm, I have said out loud to myself, this is a priority that I want to get this done. On the other hand, I have set my alarm for 5am, like three times this week to go running in the mornings. And like, I have not gotten up once to do any exercise. 
So I say out loud right now, running is not a priority. And that doesn't mean it's not a priority forever and ever. Running is not a priority for me right now. So if you do want to invite meditation into your life, you might try saying to yourself or out loud or writing it down, meditating today is a priority for me. Or look back on your day on all the things you did and say out loud each one. This was a priority for me. And it's important to say it without judgment. This is not about judging. It's more about mere observation and information collecting. There's a great article from um, 99u.adobe.com that I'll link to in the show notes about the language around time scarcity that's going to have more thinking on this topic that I think will be helpful to read. So that's time scarcity and how I deeply, truly believe that the words we choose around how busy we are and the language we use can start to nudge us in one way or the other, right? Because it just makes it more mindful. It makes it more present to us. And it makes it more of a choice. We're sort of owning that choice in our language. So if you do start to say meditation is a priority for me, I do believe that that will sort of orient your body and your mind and your spirit towards perhaps getting it done a little more often than you might be right now. So now I want to talk about something that I don't think a lot of people bring up when it comes to meditation, that it is actually really, it is really incredibly difficult. And that may be one possible reason that you're avoiding it and, or anybody else's, because you might be afraid of it. Um, and rightfully so. It is not easy. It sounds easy on the surface. You know, you just like, oh, sit down, breathe, count, whatever, bliss, space out. But in reality, sitting alone with your thoughts is perhaps one of the most difficult things that you can do. We are not trained to do this at any point in our lives. We are not given practice in sitting in reflection. Sitting down and trying to meditate for 30 minutes is like having somebody tell you, well, you've never run ever before, but I guess I think you should do a marathon because it's good for you. (laughs) It's like, but I don't know how to, I don't own running shoes, right? Like, how are you even supposed to start? You know, it's good for you, but that doesn't mean you can just sit down and start doing it. Um... And I I would say that meditation has a shadow side. And this is important to think about and important to know. And I don't say it to scare anybody, but it is a possibility that when you meditate, oftentimes dark stuff can come up. And that's because when you're sitting alone with your thoughts, sometimes the thing your spirit and mind and heart have been most avoiding is the first thing to come up. I cry during meditation sometimes. Um, Dark things can come up and loneliness or fears or emotions that I've been avoiding. And in meditation, there's nowhere to run. And I don't say this to warn you off of it at all. In fact, I think that is the best thing about it. You're stepping into the light. You're allowing those emotions to step into the light, which is the only way to truly get through them and to process them, but it can be very scary. So admitting to yourself, this is hard. Maybe I'm scared of it. Maybe I won't be quote unquote good at meditating thinking it could be anything. And maybe there's no reason other than the lack of time you're feeling right now that you're avoiding meditating, but really thinking, is there another reason that I'm possibly avoiding meditation right now? Um, It might not be any of those reasons I've listed, but there may be another one. And sort of sorting through that can be very valuable. And then going ahead and starting anyways, you know, you don't know the outcome. You don't know if it will feel good or bad at first. You don't know what will happen. And that's the risk we take with any new practice that we invite into our lives. But that doesn't mean it's not worth starting. Okay, so lastly, I think it's important to think about moving from meditation as a should to a want or a desire. And I'm so glad you deleted whatever meditation app you had from your phone. I know apps 
around meditation and mindfulness can actually help a lot of people. But I think for others, they may just contribute to a sense of the should, to a sense of obligation around meditation, which is the opposite of what meditation honestly feels like. You're already burnt on a to-do list. You don't need another thing to do right now. So yeah, if you have a meditation app on your phone and its notifications just fill you with dread every single time, I give you permission to delete that app. You do not need apps to meditate at all. You should not gamify meditation. I know some meditation apps like have streaks and stuff. Like if that is helpful for you, then yes, use that. If it is filling you with dread and anxiety, you don't need those things to keep track. You don't need to keep track at all. Um, so that's what I meant when I thought your question sort of boiled down to why can't I start a meditation routine, a meditation routine, even though I know it's good for me and me saying it's hard to start a meditation routine, especially because you know, it's good for you. It just becomes another should and your body and soul, which is already frazzled and busy. They're going to reject any more shoulds. Meditation is going to feel like an obligation, another item on your giant checklist, something you're hiding from. So Meditation, when you do find your way into it, it makes your life feel incredibly more expansive. And this is the magic of meditation, that something like 15 minutes of meditation a day can make you feel like you have hours more every day. It's some weird like time continuum issue. I don't know how it works. But it infuses your life with spaciousness and luxury of time and openness. So how do you get from this idea of meditation as a nagging to do that is closing down on you and making you want to run and hide from it? to something that makes you feel like you're stepping into an open field or swimming in a lake. And I sort of think about that in the felt sense of your body. And I'm not sure I have the answer to that, but I do have a few suggestions. Surprise, surprise. So you write, I want to meditate to help me find better focus and more room to be creative and calm. So I find when I'm struggling intellectually with a concept or I'm too in my mind with doing something, One path forward to making it happen is to try to create the experience I'm hoping for in in my body and in the environment to try to replicate the thing I want to do. So I think it could be worth trying making meditation a full body experience the next time you give it a shot. So let's take your words. Let's aim to set a scene in, in your home that is creative and calm and spacious and full of room as with your words, you know. Light some candles, change into something that feels good on your skin, like a soft robe or pajamas. Clear away some clutter, maybe light some incense. Kind of sounds like a seduction, and it kind of is. You know, you're trying to seduce yourself into a sensual meditation. You want to make it feel good. You want to make it feel sacred and precious and sensual. You don't want to use the app. You just want to have those feelings in your body and in the space around you and on your skin. And just sit and close your eyes and breath and breathe. And whatever comes up, comes up. There's no goal. It's just an experience. Don't worry about emptying your mind. Just note the thoughts as they come up and say, I send you off on a cloud. Thought, adios. And then return to your breath. So give this like sexy meditation experience a shot. I'm also going to recommend a guided meditation from a woman named Susanna Conway, who I love. This may seem off target, but the guided meditation I'm going to recommend is all about what does your perfect day look like? And the reason I suggest this is as you think about what your perfect day looks like, you're going to get what I call and what many people call a felt sense of what your body and mind and spirit needs right now. 
And false sense merely refers to sort of the embodiment or the awareness inside of the body of your energetic or emotional landscape. Your body does know what you need right now. And when I did Susanna's meditation, all I imagined myself was like leisurely doing things. You know, it was very relaxed and elegant and slow paced and soft. And I knew by thinking about that, I needed to bring more sort of leisure and lounging into my life. So I think if you do this guided meditation, which is like 10 minutes long, you'll get that true sense of what you need to do. And whatever that feeling is, that's the feeling you should try to associate with meditation. For me, again, it was sort of luxurious leisure, indulgent, and you'll have a different feeling. So just try giving it a shot. And I'll link to that meditation in the show notes. So that is my meditation manifesto. So I often today do, um, oh my God, I sneezed. I sneezed on a podcast. Well, that happened. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I often do a thoughts and happiness segment here, but I want to be transparent in that I have been deep in a five-day, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. coaching certification experience for the past four days, and I don't got no thoughts, (laughs) and I don't have no no happiness. Things are good. This coaching path is truly a calling for me, and I'm loving the information I'm taking in, but... My, my brain is a little bit on the fried end, so I'll bring back thoughts and happiness next week. In the meantime, if you're looking for any thoughts, go to my Instagram page, instagram.com slash Katherine Andrews, and I have pinned reflections and observations from books that I am reading on spirituality and meaning and excerpts, so you can find them under the book club highlight on my Instagram page, so you might find some thoughts there. For now, though, it is time for me to go to bed. So that is it for today's Sunday Soother Advice advice Cast. If you've got questions or advice or ideas for topics or feedback, email them to me at kathdandrews at gmail.com or submit them anonymously at tinyletter.com slash candrews. Thanks so much for listening. And here's to living the week ahead with lots of thoughtfulness, connection, and meaning.